Yeah, so some of you guys would have heard. My name is Nico. Um, you know, it's actually such a privilege to be able to share in front of you guys and you know, just actually share some of the things that I feel the Lord um, has put in my heart. And I think it's, you know, there's a revelation and a testimony and a song that everyone can sing here. Um, yeah, I feel like the Lord's done something in every single one of our hearts, and that's why we're sitting here. Um, yeah, and if, and if you don't feel that necessarily, you haven't experienced that, then yeah, I really trust that this, this word actually would come and penetrate um, and open something up in your heart. Um, yeah, and I, as I was worshiping earlier, I was like, Yo, Jesus, who are you that you're mindful of me? And I think many of us actually experience that. We don't feel qualified, we don't feel seen. Um, we don't feel good enough, and um, yeah, the truth to that is that we're not. Um, but that's that's enough. That's enough if we're in Jesus. Um, so the title of my preach, I've always wanted to say that, <laughs> is um, "My Eyes Have Seen the King." My eyes have seen the King, and yeah, I'll just go to the beginning of time, um, and yeah, kind of just share what. Yeah, what the Lord's heart was, actually. He, he brought us into this world wanting relationship, um, not because he needed us, but he wanted um, for us to reflect something of his heart, um, that we would be able to worship him as, as sons and daughters. Um, and obviously, the fall came. And I think sometimes I'm like, how did that happen? How, how did people choose to sin? Or how did people choose to um, yeah, separate themselves from, from perfection, actually, a perfect relationship in unity, with the Father, but I think every single one of us um, would have done the exactly same, the exact same thing. Um, so Genesis three talks about um, how men were deceived, or man and woman in this case were, were deceived um, by the serpent, and yeah, this was actually grasping for equality with God and, and knowledge and wanting to be on the same level, always grasping. And I think um, there's something in our nature where. Yeah, we're actually not satisfied with who we are and what we've been made to do. I think this world just preaches continuously that um, you should either uh, be the top in your class or uh, wear the nicest clothes or drive the nicest car or you know, just anything actually of, of this world that, that actually doesn't reflect the heart of God. Um, and I think in proportion, some of those things are good if they reflect the heart of the Father. Um, but if those things are number one, um, then actually we lose relationship. We separate ourselves um, from, yeah, from who God is. So that happened, and yeah, there was a need for us to be restored and be redeemed and um, have relationship with the Father once again. And for that to happen, obviously, because God is just, God is holy, God is righteous, and um, our sin obviously separates us from, from who He is. And in order for us to have relationship once again with the Father, um, he had to send his only son. And I just, I was thinking about this as I was, I was writing this down. Um, and I, I think Jesus came and he humbled himself to a point uh, where he worked a normal job as a carpenter. He, he came on a donkey. Um, I was thinking, yes, if, if I was Jesus in this modern day era, I probably would have come down with like 33 years worth of Tupperware with steak inside, with donuts, um, and so many other things that would please me, but he, he didn't care. He didn't even have um, a place to sleep at, at points. Um, yeah, so just seeing that humility and saying, okay, well, he's actually set the example for us. He set the example in hum humbling himself, not because he was forced to. Like, God didn't say, like, go um, and, and help these people, go and, and live, these li or live this life for people. Um, but he chose in humility, saying, like, this was 
what hap- had to happen for us to be restored and uh, for us to have a relationship with Jesus or with God. Um, and, and why I say this, why I say this is important, why, why the need for Jesus to come down was because he cannot join himself with what um, is unholy, and that's sin. And because of um, uh, Adam and Auntie Eve, we, we're inherently sinful. That's our nature. Um, I saw a video the other day of a baby uh, pretending to sleep, like a one-year-old baby, and uh, obviously the mom caught them out. But I'm like, at one years old, pretending to sleep and be, being actually deceitful, it just shows our nature because we think we awaken to life. But, I mean, the tiniest thing is a baby pretending to sleep. Um, yeah, it really just shows us what's inside. So Jesus comes and he, and he pays the debt. Um, and I think sometimes we forget the fact that for him... For this to actually happen, for us to have a relationship with the Father, for us to be able to meet um, as a body and, and, and to have unity with the Father, um, there had to be, obviously, this, this atoning that we're talking about. Um, yeah, and for that to happen, obviously, Jesus had to be um, brought down. Um, and, and he came and he lived, lived a perfect life, but he had to be resurrected. He had to rise. He had to... Um, yeah, actually die and, and, and rise. Um, and I think, yo, what, what a beautiful, there's a scripture just a bit later, but it just talks about if, we, if we've been dead with Jesus, if we've died with Jesus, then actually uh, we can be resurrected with him. But uh, for us, we need to die to ourselves. We need to die because of, of what he's done already, and he set that example. Um, so Rachel, the solution, Jesus comes down and humbles himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Uh, the cross was for the worst of sinners. It was humiliating. It was the worst thing that could ever happen to you. Um, it wasn't just, okay, buddy, you messed up, cheers. Um, but it was, it was excruciating. Actually, that's where, that, that's where it comes from. Um, it's painful, horrible death um, of him walking and having to carry his cross. Um, all the sin, all the sin in the world. I was just thinking about it in worship, and I was thinking all the things that I've done, everything that I've ever thought, um, and all that coming down onto one person, all the sins that I'm still going to commit, and, and actually thinking, like, what, what would have, what, how, how heavy would that thing have been? How, just the weight of, of the cross and the weight of the sin of man. Um, and I was also just thinking, there are three examples I've put down here. Um, some of them are closer to home. But I just remember being in, in hostel in high school and um, as grade 8s, if, if one person, as a hostile grade, if one person did something wrong, every single person get, gets punished. Um, if I forget someone's name or matrix name, the whole grade goes on a run or people get whacked, whatever the case was. Um, and it was all for one. And if I, if I just think, obviously the people enforcing this were prefects at this point in time, and I asked myself, if, if a prefect said, listen, boys, um, obviously there has to be justice, you guys did mess up, or this one person did mess up, um, but I'm going to go in your place. I'm going to take a whack from one of you guys. Um, that would have been crazy. Like, that would have been weird. Um, and we're like, no, no, you don't have to do that. They're like, it's fine. We'll, we'll run or come whack me. Um, but then with Jesus, it's like, I think we forget that. We forget the power of the cross. Uh, another example of this is, okay, it's a very, very... Um, close to home situation, but uh, the dude who, who urinated in, in res, um, and we just think about, obviously, what, what's happened to him and being kicked out of the university and not being able to practice his profession in future, being completely um, no, actually banned from that. 
and, and someone in this room saying, okay, I'll go and I'll pay for that. Um, I'll stop studying. I'll, I'll stop um, having any opportunity from, from actually continuing with my, profes my profession um, in this guy's place. Like, that would be absurd. Um, and then Tabo Besta, I've been following the story. I don't know if you know the dude, um, but he's a South African guy who, yeah, he got convicted, I think, in 2011 or 2012, um, and he's just been rearrested now in Tanzania. So, um, yeah, he, he killed people, he, he raped women, and um, basically, yeah, for I think the last nearly a year now, he, um, he's been pretending to, to be someone else. Um, and he was caught, he was actually living um, in, in Gauteng until obviously people recognize his face while he was buying uh, food at Woolies, which is interesting. I don't know why he did, just didn't leave after, after that. Um, but just thinking again, like someone taking his place, he's going to get in a lot of trouble now. It's going to be hectic. I mean, the manhunt was insane. And just seeing um, that someone would come and lay down his life and say, it's fine, like he's done all these things and I'll take I'll take that. It's absurd. It's like, no, he must go. He deserves it. Um, but for, yeah, for everyone here, I think we would we'd have the same response. Um, we wouldn't want, actually, we wouldn't be able to take, actually, the sin of, of someone else. Um, yeah, and then in, in Romans 3, I don't know if, Scully, you have it. Romans 3, 23, verse, or 2, 26, it says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are all justified freely. Yeah, and again, just that, that word freely. Like, it's weird receiving something free. My dad always used to say, if it's free, my but it's, it's either going to break or it's a scam or it's something like that. So in my mind, like, nothing is free. Nothing in the world is free. By his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness, um, his perfection, him, him being set apart. Uh, because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ Jesus. And again, it's a free gift. There's another scripture that talks just about the fact that it's a gift and, and we yeah, it's a gift so that no one can boast in themselves. Because um, I think sometimes if we could earn, I think, if we could earn our salvation, I would definitely be trying. Um, and I think that's actually been such a testimony of uh, what the Lord has done in my life and, and just striving and um, actually seeking acceptance in how hard I could work or what I could achieve. And actually Jesus saying, buddy, you can't. Even if you tried, you can't. And almost like really understanding that um, and I think once we see this and we, we feel in our lives and we understand that we can't do anything and we just need to accept the gift that God has given us, there's something that changes in our hearts um, because even our posture towards people completely changes. Like, I can just, just think of so many examples of um, people who've loved like with, with absolutely no reason to, um, but with something in their hearts um, that they'd yeah, really learned actually from the Lord. Um, and the Lord actually had to teach them to love and, and to show something in these hearts. And I always used to say a couple of years ago, just, um, yeah, I can't remember. I was in a four-tough church from, I think, 2014. And if you ask me how many preachers I remember, I think at that stage when I was in high school, could maybe say five or six, but I remembered how people loved me. Um, 
and and that was the most important thing. I remember how how they loved me. Not not only preach, which is important, because I'm kind of doing that right now. So it'd be weird for me not to say that, um, or any worship sets. But it was how people loved me, and if yeah, if if we don't have love, actually, what what do we have? But that has to be here first. That has to be understanding what the Lord has done, um, and seeing Jesus, seeing the King. Uh, there's an example. I think I might have um, just skipped it. Um, but I think it's the end of, end of Luke. Um, yeah, Jesus comes and basically he's, he's risen and he's walking with two dudes. I've just forgot their names. And these guys are bleak. Like these guys are sad. Like yo, we thought Jesus was going to come and he was going to sort this world out and everything was going to be perfect. Um, and they're sad and they're going to this place. Um, I think if you can find it, there'd be lacquer. Luke 24. Cool, but I'll try try and talk about it um, and paraphrase it. So that happened, and these boykies are like, okay, fine, like, it's done. Like, there's nothing we can do about the situation. Um, it was a good run. Like, the Messiah is probably still going to come, because obviously he hasn't, been, he hasn't risen. Um, he was killed, and they, they're basically living in the fact that he's killed, and there, there's nothing to show for it. Um, and Jesus walks with them. He asks them questions. Like, in in risen form, he comes and he, he, he doesn't say anything to them or he, he actually didn't reveal himself to them, but he was there. It was Jesus in the flesh. Um, and he walks with them and he asks them questions and this, you know, these dudes kind of answer him. And it was only, I think, late in the conversation, there was a slight detour. And, and later in the conversation, they're eating. Um, and yeah, I think Jesus breaks bread. Jesus breaks bread. Um, I don't think it was the wine at that point in time, but... Um, there was a moment, there we go, when he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. So for me, it's like, it doesn't make sense. I don't understand why, like, how they couldn't have seen him, but he chose to hold that back. And once they recognized him, obviously he disappeared, but there was a change. Um, there was a change that happened um, and if we just look at the book of Acts straight afterwards, um, it says here, being blinded from seeing a resurrected Jesus makes us timid and shrink back. Just think about the disciples who walked with Jesus for three years. Like, that's crazy. Like they knew Jesus. They ate with him. Um, they knew whether he snores or he doesn't snore. Like they were intimate. They were intimate with Jesus, but they ran back and went into hiding because obviously they'd lost um, Jesus, and, and they weren't sure what, what was going to happen after that. They were despondent. Um, and then Jesus appeared, um, and they were able to get perspective. And there's something that changed. And I think for some of us, we've experienced the same thing. It's like we go to church. There's some people maybe that you know that have gone to church all their lives, maybe some of us, um, and haven't really experienced God, but there was a click of, yeah, there's something clicked. Um, and and that's, that's a moment where we saw Jesus. So we've heard about Jesus. Um, we've possibly experienced Jesus or seen him through other people. Um, and there's a situation with, with Thomas where he walked with, he walked with Jesus for, for quite a time as well. He was one of the disciples. Um, and obviously the first time Jesus appeared to the disciples, Thomas wasn't there. Um, and obviously like the disciples have no reason to lie about Jesus appearing. So Disciples are like, listen, Thomas, but you weren't here. Like, Jesus was here. 
we're all excited. Come, let's, let's run for the Lord. And he's like, nah, no ways. I don't believe you guys. Um, and then he had to come back, and he came back. And um, Jesus, or Thomas was perplexed at this. And I think from that place, everything changed. Like he never would have believed it unless he saw it. Um, but there has to be that shift in our hearts as well. So if you've gone to church your entire life and you've put your hands up and you've prayed out loud, it's good. But is it enough? You have to actually have experience of, of knowing and seeing Jesus. Um, and, that, and then it actually matters. And that's when actually it has, it has the weight that it's supposed to carry. Yeah, and then we just look at the example of Peter who, who denied Jesus, but after seeing him resurrected, um, everything changed. And there was authority. I mean, I think in, in Acts 1, he, he preaches a storm um, and, and people, yeah, people get saved and people have this crazy revelation of who the Father is. Um, and they turn, to their, they turn away from their sin and they, and they accept him. Um, but this is a dude who, who denied Jesus. I don't think, like some of the stuff I read it, and I'm like, surely not. Like you walked with Jesus. He tells you you're going to deny him. You say you're not going to deny him. You deny him three times exactly. Like how? But it's, it's exactly what we do. Um, I think of the example, I think it was... Uh, a poor rebuke to one, one of the apostles as well. I think it was Peter, possibly. It was Peter. Um, and this guy was shrinking back. He was eating, uh, he was eating pork, um, and he wasn't supposed to. He was kind of hiding and, and feeling um, no, quite embarrassed, actually. Um, and after all of that, all, all the churches he's worked with, all the experience, all the, all the encounters with the Lord, he still shrunk back. And I think for some of us, actually, we, we experience the exact same thing. Sometimes you see Jesus, we experience Jesus, and then we shrink back. Um, and, and actually, a lot of the time, I, I think, you know, even in worship, even in um, spending time with him, we feel like we need to wait. Or uh, I think someone was saying it, saying it last week, that we, we need to wait until it's long enough so that um, it doesn't look cheap. And what he's paid for is is enough. Like, it's, it's, it's not cheap. We should run in um, because the veil's been torn and, and we can actually experience with the Father. And um, I just think this is crazy, the fact that this is simple. Um, and I'm going to speak, I think, just for myself. Sometimes I complicate it so much. Sometimes we, we use intellect, we use our experience, we see how or we use human behavior, or, or just the patterns of this world, and we try and associate that with God, we put that on God. Uh, we actually, like, this thing is simple. It's not necessarily easy, but it's, it's simple. Um, and it's done. It's done. Again, reaching up, looking, looking our eyes, um, and fixing our eyes on, on the one who's already done it all. Um, another example I just wanted to use was... Um, yeah, when I was younger, my parents were buying a car. I think I was like six or seven. Um, and there was, you know, those little small model thingy cars, which are replicas of the big ones. So I'm a petrol head. I love cars. Um, like, love, love cars. So my birthday is on the 17th of May. Um, so I see this car, and I'm like, yo, this is a lacquer car. So I give the dude two rand. I, just, I didn't say anything. I just put two rand on the table. Um, and obviously, this guy's like, okay, weird. Like, what do you want? Because <laughs> even, even with that two rand, I wouldn't be able to afford that model. And he gave it to me. I was like, okay, like a two rand in my pocket. Um, 
And that was amazing for me because it was like, I didn't pay for it. It's a gift and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm going to keep the two hand in my pocket. Um, but to him, it would have been, okay, this dude can't afford this thing. Um, and almost disrespectful. It's like he possibly, I don't know if they gave it to him or he paid like two grand for it. But I assume it would probably would have been about two grand. And for a kid, maybe it was cute. But for kids to try and pay two rand for this thing is absurd. Um, and I think it was beautiful. There's something that I learned in that moment was your cool. Some things are free. Thanks, Dad. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I, earned, uh, I didn't earn it, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, and then Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 9. It says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from, for yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that one can boast. Again, just highlighting that this thing is it's free um, and it's good. Um, and for some of us, we might have had experiences where we felt this thing is actually limiting. It's stopping me from doing everything that I actually want to do. It's stopping me from being the person that I am. It restricts um, me for, for how, how much I work or uh, the money that I need to give, the 10% that I need to give to this church. And I don't even like the pastors there. Like, you know, there's so many things that we can, we can see and experience um, outside of, of the lens of Jesus, even, even though we're in the church. Um, but once we understand what it's for and understanding that actually my life is not my own, because actually it is difficult. I'd assume it, it is quite difficult to, to be in a situation where it looks like rules, actually. All these rules and there's, there's no power. There, there's nothing in my heart that actually burns and yearns um, to serve the Lord because I understand that actually I've been bought at a price and everything that I am, all that I am is His. Um, if I don't understand that, everything is just not going to make any sense. Um, but we need revelation. We need that revelation to ask the Lord, like, come teach me. Come teach me what, what this is. Come re- reveal it to me um, in your word. Let me be hungry for your word so that your desires are, are actually mine. Just think of Jesus. Um, in the flesh, do I think he would have absolutely loved dying on the cross physically in his physical form? I think that would have been quite tough, but it, was, it, it didn't matter at all because he knew the will of the Father and he loves his Father um, and he knew what that would mean for, for you and us, uh, for you and me. Um, so it actually didn't matter, but he's, you know, his own des- desire actually didn't matter. And I think um, there's definitely something we should be learning and actually asking the Lord to reveal to us. Yeah, and then there's you know, just this thing of, of us being um, transformed into the newness of, of who he is from one degree of glory to another. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, verse 18. And it says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And that's amazing. It can only be done through the Spirit. And it's so cool. Like we can, I can literally look around this room and just see how the Lord has changed people. I look at my own life. I look at my sissy's life. I look at Christian, who I had 3,000 coffees with in Legado. Didn't like the coffee there, bro. But I loved you. And he loves me too. I actually, yeah, I actually feel to actually just speak into that. Um, Ryan. I mean, where's Ryan? <laughs> just look at what the Lord's done in his life. And that's clear. Like it's, it's not, you can't pretend. Um, Jesus has done this work, and it, I think that's the biggest test for me. For me, like I can I can see people 
jumping and worshiping, but there's something about the testimony of someone's life and um, yeah, not only being saved, but continuing to be sanctified and looking more and more and more and more and more and more and more like Jesus. Um, I think of an example Leonard used. Not an example, he, he mentioned something about when Zia first came into the church and he threw, <laughs> he threw one of the twins' um, doo-doo in her bag. I think it was her first time. You know, it's like, how crazy is that? And it wasn't, it was Jesus who kept her here because I don't think I would have stayed <laughs> otherwise. And just seeing what the Lord has done in her life and what he's continuing to do. Um, yeah, and for me, I think, yeah, I, I've constantly just been challenged of this thing or challenged by this thing of will I be able to run at the same pace that I'm running at now? Um, just to give you context, I think I am generally someone, if, if, I, if I make a commitment, it's there, it's done, I'm running with it. Um, and if something in my heart changes towards the decision that I've made, doesn't matter, I'm doing it, I'll carry on. Um, and I think even with Jesus, we can approach the church, we can approach um, the body, we can approach people like that. Um, I've spoken to leaders often um, saying, actually, I feel like these people are, are projects in some, in some sense, or I feel like... Um, yeah, I have to try and be Jesus to them. And I don't think it's something they do on purpose, but it's something of an obligation um, where, where I think there's responsibility in following Jesus. But man, it's overflow. It's overflowed more than anything. If it's, oh, if it's dead, actually, don't do it. Um, it's dead works. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think just personal... Uh, examples of my life I think for a long time actually even just with that leaders thing I started running for the Lord I think when I was in grade eight and um, I feel like the Lord used me um, quite a bit just being an influence um, in, in, in the environment where I was in um, and at some points I felt like I had sin in my life but I felt like I could never share it um, because I was walking with people and if um, I'm not where I should be in the Lord then everyone else has no hope. And actually, that is bitterly, bitterly awful. Um, I understand the perspective, but actually true freedom is when we actually live in the light um, and all of us are in the light, and that's important. And I think for us, we need to really just be real with each other and be honest and be, um, yeah, just there. Because um, I think when, when we perform Christianity and become professional Christians, actually then what are we... It's a thing. I, mean, I could tell you. Like, I know, you know, I'm going to let out all the secrets. I know how to be a professional Christian, and you say all the right things, and you do all the right things, but what's going to matter on the day where he comes and he says, my but, what have you done with your life? Like, I pretended it was cool. I caught them out. Like, it's not going to matter on that day. Um, Andrew always says, like, his video, he talks about a video that's going to play. Um, and I think we should be able um, to live in the light and, and bring things forward and live in freedom because that's what he has for us. This, this Christian thing is not about death. Um, it's, it's about true, true life. And yeah, let's, let's choose to live in that. I think, yo, I think of, uh, again, that first, that first preach uh, with Peter and, and just the tongues dropping. And there's so many things that happen out of the boldness of knowing Jesus and experiencing Jesus. And there was true freedom um, over there without having to hold things back. Um, 
and it would be it will be difficult because obviously if we if we die with him we'll be raised with him but there's there's a process of dying which i think is beautiful um it definitely is beautiful it's challenging i think of a few examples actually won't go into high school examples but just in the last year i was faced um with with many situations i was prim of a pso and um i think it was very much you need to be the coolest guy um have all the plans sorted out have just these crazy um insane social justice admin like just all those things andri malan would would know i don't know if she's here but you just need to be that boyki um and you can't be that boyki without being in jesus because those things are in conflict sometimes so there's a situation where um she needed to decide yeah i'll just mention this one um it was quite a big meeting and i had i think a few guys in our com who had planned to meet together but it was it was quite serious and i remember um actually deciding okay it's either i leave this meeting it's going to look really bad or i yeah or i don't and and obviously if i don't go to if i don't leave the meeting obviously then i won't be uh, with the body which which is far more important and i chose to leave and many people were offended of course um and this is the test me so one of the girls was super upset she was like this boy he's got a responsibility and blah 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 and he wasn't there she's saved and she loves jesus radically now and at that point like yo you know when you see someone at church and you're like ow like it was it was one of those things like yeah i haven't asked her to share but maybe she will at some point but it was like crazy crazy to see um and she's living for jesus she loves jesus incredibly a lot and um i think those are the testimonies which yeah which matter actually it doesn't matter what a meeting like can have a meeting some other time it's fine um yeah and then paul um at some point in the corinthian church um some of the apostles i think i've mentioned this before but um at that point in time in the early church if you were a solid preacher um then obviously you would have uh, people who if you're a solid preacher people would basically have to write a letter of recommendation and say yanku he's he's a solid worship leader like you can have him um and he would carry this thing around go to all the churches and saying guys this person says i'm an amazing worship leader and that would basically allow you to be on stage um but paul at some point says i'm not going to do that i'm not going to carry that thing around um and he says to the peeps listen oh, so so these guys are like yo paul we've heard you and we've we've listened to you preach um but we've got these new guys these new guys have letters of recommendation they're amazing teachers um so it's fine thanks but yeah you you you've had your share and he says listen back you are my letter of recommendation everything that i did was for you um out of reverence of christ i don't need a letter um justifying my love for you and um again this just shows me like it's it's not about the fluff it's not about um yeah anything else actually but who jesus is and what he's done um romans 6 verse 8 to 11 i'm going to land this soon you land this soon it says now if we doubt of christ we believe that we will also live with him if we know that christ was raised from the dead he cannot die again death no longer has mastery over him 
the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And again, I think for some of us, probably at different places, just in our walk with the Lord, or maybe we don't even have a relationship with Jesus. Um, but I think it's important for us to understand that the fluff, the extra stuff uh, that we put on, actually won't matter in, in the last day, when we actually, when it actually should count. It won't matter, uh, and it's all going to burn away. Any, any dead work, any striving, um, anything that's not for Jesus will, will burn. Um, so that's, that's, for, that's for one camp and saying, okay, like I'm trying this, this thing and I'm, I'm trying to do um, the right thing, quotes on quotes, but actually I, there's something dead inside of me and, and it feels like it's, it's just works at this point. Um, and there's actually freedom in that. And Jesus says that you should come to him. Um, James 4 verse 7 says, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. And um, there's space for that. There's space for, for relationship. There's, there's space for us to recommit uh, the lives that we had once given over to the Lord. And the other camp is um, yeah, someone who actually doesn't know what I'm talking about and someone who hasn't experienced anything that I'm saying. Um, and that's awesome as well because Jesus wants a relationship with you and he wants to bring life and, and yeah, truth and fun um, I think that's another thing. Sometimes we forget this thing is fun. Like, it's amazing. It's really, really amazing. Um, I love the song, No Place I'd Rather Be. And I think that should be our posture, the posture of our hearts, is that, like, my, my life might be difficult in some areas. And, yeah, that's definitely not what, we say, not what we're saying. We're not going to say that your life's going to be perfect after coming to Jesus, but there's no pl place we'd rather be. Um, yeah, but as sons and daughters. So, yeah, I wonder if we can close our eyes. Yeah, so yeah, I'm just going to ask if, if, if I think the first, the first call that I'm going to make is that if, um, yeah, we, we've done this thing and we've tried and um, we've strived to, to follow Jesus, but it just feels dead. It feels like, um, yeah, there's nothing left and we, we're burning on, on empty fumes and there's no pity in the car left, um, but we're just trying to go. Um, yeah, then I'd actually like that, that you put your hand up. And, and that we could pray for you, if there is anyone like that. And then the, the second call um, I'd want to make, second call I'd want to make is uh, for those who, yeah, who haven't experienced Jesus, who haven't experienced the love of the Father, um, who haven't been changed, who yeah, don't know what it actually feels like to have a home um, outside, outside of the Lord. Um, yeah, then I'd like you to put your hand up as well. Um, yeah. oh, Jesus, we thank you, God. We thank you, God, that you that you want relationship with us, Jesus. We thank you that yeah, you're there, Lord. Um, no, we pray that no, as, as we recognize our sin and our brokenness, Father, um, and we understand, Father, that there's a free gift of life that you give us, Father, I pray that we may accept that, Jesus, and yeah, choose the process of, of sanctification, looking more like you, Father.
that we throw off our old self, Father, and yeah, choose you, Lord. Choose the life um, as a little Christ. Also, oh, we thank you for you know, the work that you're starting. We thank you for the work um, you know, that you will finish, Father, because you're the faithful, Lord. You're the, you're the faithful one, Jesus. Um, and Lord, we pray that where, where there's unbelief, Lord, help our unbelief, Jesus. Where uh, we fall short, Lord, I pray that we'd run to you, that we wouldn't try and carry things in our own strength, um, but we'd run to you, Father, who you know, you've made a way for us, God. And we be so, 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 so thankful for that, God. In Jesus' name. Yeah, just in this space quickly, um, yeah, I feel like there's there's also someone else that the the Lord is highlighting. So yeah, just I really I, I don't want to move on. Um, if God is doing something, um, there's no place that we would rather be than than in His presence. So yeah, just with all the eyes closed again. Um, yeah, I really as Nico was um, preaching and and even before that, there there came a word about. Um, Basically, people believing that God is the Lord and that He saves and that He can do all these mighty works, but for everyone else and not for them, um, and that it's a it's a heavy thing, um, and that they that they don't acknowledge the salvation that's in Christ for them. And as Nico was speaking on the cross, um, I was just reminded of how simple our faith is. It's about Jesus and it's about the cross, and. If you are here and you feel the weight of sin bearing down on you, there is a call for you that says, um, come to me with that burden, with everything that you're carrying, and I will take it, and you can actually place it on me, and then you can have a light burden, and you can have freedom and joy. And um, if there's anyone here that, that can say, I feel the weight of my sin, I feel a weight on me, and, I, and I'm struggling to let go of it. Will you not also please just raise your hand? So, yeah. Awesome. yeah. I just want to pray for that as well. Our Father, um, yeah, I just want, to, just want to thank you for what you've done, Lord. Jesus, thank you for the cross. And thank you that our faith starts there and it ends there. And there's nothing added to it, Lord. Um, thank you that by the cross we, we can truly feel salvation. We can have joy. We can have freedom. And you're calling all of us to it. You're calling us to have this, this life with you, Lord. Um, you're calling us to lay down our lives so that we can take up what you have for us, Lord. And um, yeah, for those that do feel like that, Lord, I pray that you will honestly, in their heart, reveal to them the, the truth of salvation and remind them of what you've done for them. And that you'll call them to you, Father. And that in their hearts you will, you will birth the knowledge of salvation, Lord. And that you will really, really allow them to, to just pour out all their burdens and all their weight onto you, Lord. Yeah, in Christ's name, amen. Um, yeah, so if you, if you want prayer for one of those things, there's, there's going to be some people praying with you in the front. And then as you leave, the offering boxes are going to be in the front here. Um, and feel more than welcome not to give or to give as the Lord leads you. All right, enjoy the evening. Bye-bye.